0: You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: On today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, we're going to listen to Kyle Whittingham speak with the media as this week has moved around a little bit as the University of Utah football team Went to memorialize teammate Aaron Lowe on Monday in Texas. So we'll hear parts one and part two of Kyle Whittingham's press conference. And then we'll talk a little bit about athletic department events and news and notes from uh, around the University of Utah on today's episode here of the Locked on Utes podcast for October 13th, 2021. Welcome to the Locked On Utes Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making us the first listen of your day. Every single day we are free and available on all platforms. Yes, that is Locked On Utes is available as your first listen on all platforms. Soon to be YouTube. It is Wednesday, my Utes. Thank you, Utah friends and family, for joining me here on the podcast. We're going to jump right into it. Kyle Whittingham spoke to the media on Tuesday. We're going to replay some of that and talk a little bit about what Kyle Whittingham had to say, uh, like we tend to do here when he speaks to the media, because when Kyle speaks, we all must listen.
0: Sure. Um, we were able to attend the uh, memorial services of Aaron Lowe yesterday. Um, it was a great service. Uh, Thanks go out to our administration for making it possible, for essentially taking the entire team and all the staff uh, to Dallas for the service. And so uh, it was uh, good to be able to be there and and support that. And and, uh, it was, a, like I said, it was a great service. And and, uh, it was good to uh, have our whole team there. Uh, As far as the uh, last game, uh, played exceptionally well on Saturday night. Really, it was a breakout game, I guess you could say, for our offense. And that was really the difference in the game was the way our offense played. Uh, That's what uh, we're capable of. And it was good to see us play up to our potential. Um, Quarterback Cam Rising had an outstanding night, put up great numbers, uh, nearly 80% completion percentage and uh, nearly 11 yards per attempt, which is an outstanding figure. Didn't turn the ball over. And so that was really. good to see the offense uh, have the success they did uh threw for over 300 rushed for 180 ish so close to 500 yards total offense 42 points zero turnovers you're not going to lose many games doing that uh, defensively didn't play quite as sharp as, as we have been uh, kind of the same problem we've had with usc over the years inability to make enough plays on the ball up the field we got a make more plays on the ball up the field. That's not just on our secondary. Uh, Got to do a better job disrupting the quarterback with our defensive line, getting him knocked off of his spot and not letting him sit back there and get comfortable. Uh, and then the under coverage by the backers. You know, it all ties together. So when I say not making enough plays up the, up the field, it's not just one, one uh, issue with that. Uh, Arizona State this week, good football team, first place in the uh, Pac-12 South, 3-0. and um, they're uh, solid across the board. Uh, quarterback is dynamic, very balanced on offense, uh, good running back, good receiving core. Offensive line is, is playing well. Defensively, they're playing well. And so there really is not uh, any weakness that uh, you can really uh, pick apart. I mean, we've got to play exceptional football uh, this weekend. And it and, uh, should be, a, hopefully, a great matchup. So, questions? Kyle, of
2: course, there's, you know, everyone's going to have a on their mind, but
0: is, is there a sense that there was some closure coming out of yesterday? There was, and that was uh, another positive thing about it is the closing, uh, the closure aspect of it um, and uh, being able to uh, just uh, have a, a, a service that was able to accomplish that. So, yes. How do you make up this week since you had to do that travel and get away today? Yeah, we brought the players in uh, Sunday uh, late afternoon, evening to uh, their day off was yesterday. And so we just, it was really, the short version is it was a matter of flip-flopping Monday's routine to Sunday and Sunday to Monday. And so we're hopefully back on track now, maybe still a couple hours behind. But but we backed up practice uh, about an hour today and meeting so we can catch up a little bit in that respect. thought his performance was outstanding. The second time he's gone over 100 yards this year. Of course, the opener against Weber was the, was the first time. And those are the only two games where we really got extensive carries to be able to do that. But as you mentioned, the the ball security was outstanding. And that's what we're looking for. That was really the only, uh, well, the primary thing that Tavion needed to work on. And, and uh, at least for that game, seemed to get that corrected. So if that continues, he'll continue to get the ball. and. And if we can continue to get that production out of him, that uh, is a big uh, help to our offense.
2: You, it's been two years since you saw Jaden Daniels. The first year, you followed him on pretty well. You're obviously familiar with him, having recruited him. Mm-hmm. What, what's changed maybe from two years ago, 2019, to now? And then, how do you think you can he's you, changed in a way that can be more of a uh, weapon against the
0: other? Well, he's uh, two more years' experience. That's probably the biggest thing. His style of play has not changed. He's very. Uh, dynamic, as I said earlier, and, and able to uh, make plays uh, with his legs. I mean, he can extend the play as good as any quarterback in the country, and uh, he's a he's a good thrower as well. He's a true dual threat, and so just uh, two years of of maturation and experience in their system, and uh, just tightened up uh, his entire game. And so he's a outstanding player, and, and uh, we got to have a try to have an answer for him.
1: Did it feel on Saturday like Devon Bailey finally kind of broke out? Obviously, he, he caught the
0: fleet clicker. He had, I think, four catches. Did it feel like something was happening? It finally did. Finished? It did. And he uh, is, has practiced exceptionally well and, and made plays in practice. And it was great to see that translate into a game and, and uh, target him a few more times than we have been. And and he responded and made the plays. And that's, that's who we believe he can be uh, week in and week out. If uh, you know, Hopefully, that's what will happen. You're
2: getting a lot of production out of your sophomore Obviously last year was kind of a tune up for that. But what what does that mean for your program knowing that you have a lot of these guys that are in key roles right
0: now? Well it bodes well for the future. I mean these guys uh you know, on paper at least have uh three or four more years uh, with us and and uh it's uh, a good nucleus to uh you know for the for the next year's team but but uh you know we've got uh some really good upperclassmen this year. I mean, you know, it's kind of a blend this year, but more, and, and I'm sure most teams in the country are, are in a similar situation, with everything everything getting backed up uh, one year eligibility-wise by the COVID year, and so it's not unique to us. But we we probably have a higher percentage than most teams of those uh, sophomore and freshman kids that are uh, playing for us. Kyle, I wanted to go back a little bit to the, to the service
2: and you know, Coach Shaw some of your players getting up there to speak just what were some of the emotions
0: as you were watching them well it was very emotional and uh, I thought they all did a great job coach Shaw was exceptional uh, as were our players and, and it was good to see uh, you know them get up and be able to express themselves and and uh, it's not easy that's not an easy thing and, and it's tough emotionally and and uh, I thought they all handled it well and did a good job coach,
2: uh, before Tavion came to Utah, you know, obviously he was in two programs before that. He sort of had a little bit of a winding road to get here. Um, how have you kind of tried to keep up his confidence while he's kind of been struggling with ball security, um, kind of lately, obviously before the USC game?
0: Yeah, good question. I think Coach McDonald has done an exceptional job of handling that situation because Tavian, uh, rightfully so, has been a little frustrated at times, and and Coach McDonald has done a great job of. Uh, Coaching him and and communicating with him and and uh, bringing him along and you're right he's been in a couple programs prior to here but but he's really he's a great kid and wants to be great uh, on the field and uh, we just uh, you know has a very high ceiling as you as you have seen when he does get extensive carries and so we just need to continue to bring him along and and. help him become a complete back, which ball security, pass, uh, pass protection pickups, you know, blitz pickups, that type of thing are, are in that equation as well. And, and uh, he's on the right track right now, we believe. You know, we'll see, knock on wood, but, but he's made a lot of progress, and, and hopefully his contribution becomes increasingly uh, more during the course of the last half of the season.
1: All right, there you have it, Kyle Whittingham, as he spoke to the media uh, at the press conference on Tuesday. And there's a couple of things that I wanted to point out. I think the last part, obviously, is very uh, uh, very uh, appropriate in terms of Tavion Thomas and his role in the team. I think he's had probably the most up-and-down season so far of anybody in the University of Utah's backfield. But I also think it's very... Much a sign of of the changes that Utah's made as a staff, that Kyle Whittingham's made as a coach, where he's a little bit more understanding, accepting of the issues that he's had with ball security, and been willing to give him an opportunity and a chance to to keep performing. So, thought that was very interesting. Uh, thought Kyle's answer regarding uh, how preparation for the week goes when the team goes to the funeral, uh, how they flip flop days. The University of Utah is one of the rare programs in the country where players get Sundays off. Uh, That's not very typical for most college programs. Sundays are usually a work day. You get in there, you get treatment, you watch film, you have game breakdowns. And then Mondays are kind of a little bit more of a rest day. Uh, And it's just that's, I think, you know one of those things that Kyle's always done and how they've always run the program, you know, Monday becomes a little bit more of a workout day, uh, getting loose, getting a lift in, running, conditioning, doing your meetings, doing your uh, prep, everything like that. So Utah's always just kind of done things a little bit differently in that regards. Uh, and I, I think really, you know, that's the question on everybody's mind is how is that going to affect preparation? I don't know that it does necessarily. Um, just, you know, so much of preparation is, is not, Specific to being on the field And even the days that You, you can always mix and match too You know, I, I think when I played in college Fridays were a really easy day for us And there are some places where they kind of crank it up A little bit on Fridays And you can kind of crank it up a little bit more on Thursdays too We would kind of taper off So that we're a little fresher by Saturdays uh, I think you can still get plenty of work in though um, Throughout the week and, and, and make time up I don't know that there's a, a day by day Uh, Other than just, you know, hours that the NCAA sets, but you can always find ways to um, mix and match, I guess, is the best way, so... Interesting thoughts there from Kyle Whittingham as he spoke to the media. We'll come back with the second half of Kyle Whittingham's uh, media availability. But first off, I want to tell you about Prize Picks. It's Daily Fantasy Made Easy. I love it. I know you will too if you just give it a shot. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you might not have ever, even. Might not have ever even heard of my favorite to mention here since Sarah McCormick, UTSA. Uh, if you have a mid major player that you want me to mention, um, you know, like maybe it's uh, uh, AJ Vong Pachong, the linebacker from uh, Utah State, and how many tackles he can get, uh, let me know. I'm always up to uh, take suggestions if you have a favorite mid major player. Prize pick offers any prop you can think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. Uh, all you have to do is de- uh, um, make your deposit, use the promo code locked on. You'll receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use that promo code locked on. Pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. You can win up to ten times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. You're not playing against anybody. You're not drafting. You're just picking what you want. That's the best part about it. It allows mixed sport entries, so you can take, uh, you know, football and basketball or uh, I don't know how many sports they really have on there. It it would be cool if you could do, like, uh, various football players, you know, from various leagues or something like that. Uh, There's a lot of availability there. Go ahead and download the app on both the Apple App Store or Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. Back here on the Locked On Youth Podcast as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, we're listening to comments from Kyle Whittingham as he spoke at the press conference on Tuesday. Here is the second half of Kyle Whittingham's comments. Feedbacking off
2: that, with the running backs, obviously you've, you've mixed it up a lot. You've had a lot of different looks. Is it more just going with the hot hand, or is it, how, how are you trying to balance that out and
0: give guys? I'd say right now the hot hand is probably the, the best way to describe it. Um, nobody has really settled in and just taken over. But Kai's had his moments. T.J. Fledger had a great game you know, a couple weeks ago. Um, You've seen Tavion a couple times, uh, or in a couple games, have uh, have uh, extensive production. Um, Chris Curry really hasn't gotten untracked quite yet, but he's he's a valuable member of our team. He's a he's a great teammate. He's got a great attitude. His work ethic is contagious uh, throughout the position group, and so they're all bringing something to the table. But right now, uh, as you mentioned, it's just kind of who's who's got the the uh, the momentum and the hot hand at the you know in any given week
2: it seemed like the offensive line played very well
0: against USC what are your thoughts on that group of players? glad you brought that up i should have said that that was really uh, you know the it all starts up front and the offensive line had their best game of the season and uh, it was great to see that's what we know they can be is what you saw on saturday and uh, again like several other things we talked about that needs to continue if we're going to have a chance to to compete for a, a south title then then uh, that production and that level of play has to continue
2: Following up on that, since Braden Daniels moved out to right tackle, it seems like the line has really kind of settled in. Is that? Do you
0: feel like you have found your best five? I think so, and it's really uh, best six or seven. You know, Bam would be in that category. Paul Miley would be in that that group, and so I think. That, and as you mentioned, it seemed to solidify things when when Braden did move outside and, and get everyone settled in, and and uh, you know, hopefully we can cont- continue to get the production that we got uh, Saturday night.
2: You were obviously banked up a couple of weeks ago um, with, with the secondary uh, mm-hmm. in safety position specifically. Kamowi-Latu obviously got a little bit more play. What, what, are, you, what are you seeing from that group and, and being able to kind of take that next step obviously?
0: Yeah, still a little beat up back there. We don't have all the guys at our disposal. Uh, you didn't see Cole Bishop on Saturday, limited uh, Brandon McKinney. Uh, and, you know, he played, uh, you know, a decent amount of snaps, but he was not 100%. Um, but that group needs to continue to, uh, to perform. And uh, I thought they performed pretty good on Saturday, most of the time. Like I said, there's balls up the field that we feel like we should have made plays on. But uh, Kamoi Latu, as you mentioned, he was the uh, Pac-12 freshman of the week. And so that's a, a great honor. In fact, we had uh, four awards. Cam Rising was uh, Offensive Player of the Week, as well as a uh, Davey O'Brien Final Eight or Elite Eight, however they term that. And then uh, Devin Lloyd was uh, the lot uh, defender of the week. And so we had uh, some good, uh, good recognition uh, Pac-12 wise and nationally for, for our guys. that uh, the best game that Clark has played in his young career? Uh, that's a good question. He's played some really good games. Um, Clark is still uh, working some technique and fundamental things out that, that once he gets all that down, he's going to be even better. But he certainly showed up and had a tough assignment. I mean, that kid is a, a heck of a ball player that he was covering for most of the night. And so I guess there's an argument for that. But he's had some other really good performances as well. I'd have to, you know, take some time to research that to give you a clear-cut answer. Just
1: to follow up what you said, though, if he can deal with a guy like Drake London, is there optimism that, he, you know, he
2: won't see a, a tougher assignment than that and everything is kind of going downhill
0: maybe? Well, I don't know about going downhill. He's got to continue to work and get better. But – but that was uh, a great litmus test, I guess. Is the, maybe the, the words that, uh, of, as far as where he is as a corner right now, and like you said, if he can, if he can hold up now, when you say hold up. You know, the kid still caught what 18 balls or 16 balls. But, but uh, Clark did do a good job. We're pleased with what Clark did in that game, and and uh, we still think that his best days are ahead of him. though. After a tough nine conference stretch,
2: and then now two and zero in conference play. How proud are you of your guys for essentially turning this season's momentum
0: around? Exceptionally proud. And uh, you know, our goal at the beginning of the year is to win the Pac-12. And and uh, so far in this barely getting into the conference play, we're, we're in good shape at this point. Uh, still got a lot of tough games ahead, a lot of them. And so we just got to continue to play it one week at a time. And and uh, if we can continue to make progress, it was great. The biggest thing coming out of that game last uh, on Saturday was the offensive. The way the offense played, and the way they showed up and, and performed up to their capabilities. So you've a lot but if we win a few more, nobody will be here, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, so we'll see.
2: Um, you've talked a lot about Cameron Rising, right, his personality, his leadership, mm-hmm. the fact that he's an alpha dog. Do you feel like the guys around him, the offense, um, and even the defense, are starting to kind of mirror his personality and his confidence and what he brings to the table?
0: I do, and I think that's that's a good. Uh, take and a good uh, observation and he's uh the kind of guy that is infectious with his leadership and his attitude and his juice that he brings to the table and and that is permeating through the rest of the team Uh, the
2: basketball tends to get chaotic right sometimes there's no dominant team and and we're kind of seeing that play out here so far this season who do you believe is
0: the best team in the Pac-12 right now? From <laughs> I'm not going to answer that question, but uh, yeah, I, think, I think the best team right now that we is Arizona State, the team we're playing this week, and so in the next week it'll be whoever the next team is. So, so it's uh, like you said, it's it's uh, it's so competitive in this league, and and uh, there are no undefeated teams left, right? Uh, overall, yeah, there's no nobody left that doesn't have a a loss uh, overall in the season, but. But uh, it's a very balanced league. You've got to bring your A game every week. And every single week, you're going to see scores that really surprise you. And uh, so it, it shouldn't surprise you anymore, but it does. And so that's just the, way, the nature of the beast in our conference.
2: These games have always kind of been pretty chippy, the Utah Arizona State games. I mean, is there anything to that, like a rivalry type sense, or is it what, what's kind of the the
0: attitude? You know, I think there's a, somewhat of a rivalry rivalry feel, uh, and we oh. have it with SC as well. But but uh, you know, just I think really when you've had some close games in the series and and a little bit of back and forth, that lends itself towards that feeling. Any more questions? Thanks, guys. Hope to see you next week. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Alrighty, All righty, there you have it, Kyle Weddingsham's commentary. Uh, seems like he's starting to get back to his old uh, old self a little bit more with the media. Uh, Kyle's got jokes. Um, I don't know why he was talking about uh, people not showing up because they're winning more. Uh, but, hey, it's good to see him back and uh, interacting with the media again. Shout-out to my guy Steve Bartle for asking a really good question in regards to uh, Cam Rising. And, you know, it's interesting because I had a conversation with a friend of mine who is a avid Pac-12 fan, uh, somebody who has been following a team in the Pac-12 for a long, long time. So he knows a lot of the history seen the league. And he called me the other day and said, how much do you regret Cam Rising not starting those early games? And I said, well, you know, I mean, it's – it's a season, and so you kind of have to take it all-encompassing. But really, what I think Utah lacked all along offensively was an attitude and some aggression, and and Cam Rising has been uh, aggressive, and I would almost say fearless, in the way that he's operated the offense for the most part. Um, Some of that is due to improved play calling. Uh, I still would like to see Utah play with more tempo, and that doesn't necessarily mean that they need to be up... um, and running a play immediately. But if you look at the numbers, Utah averaged 7.7 yards per play. And look, rising is so good right now when he's in a rhythm and, and when he's able to operate back there and, and make 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 the throws that he wants to make. And I think we saw, especially against USC, just how accurate he can be when he's on and his timing is going and everything like that. I would like to see Utah be a little bit more... When I say tempo, I I mean uh, just energy with the offense, right? Like the getting up, getting started, getting rolling, all that kind of thing. Um, You know, I I, I don't. Necessarily, I've said this all along. I think the more that they can play with tempo, the more pressure it's going to put on opposing defenses. The more pressure it puts on opposing offenses, and that allows the Utah defense to create more turnovers. We started to see that a little bit with Vontae Davis getting an interception. Amaya Vaughn almost got his hand on the ball. Uh, you know, I think Clark Day or Clark Phillips was inching closer and closer to getting one there on Drake London. If you would have been able to get a pick on Drake London, that would have been a really impressive accomplishment. But Clark Phillips is definitely one of those guys uh, that as he continues to grow and improve, as, as Kyle Whittingham said, game by game, uh, you're going to see more and more of that uh, where he can kind of play his game to the point to where he can you know, pick and choose those scenarios where he wants to go and make a play. And I think that's that's something that Utah really desperately needs uh, from the defense is they need to be creating turnovers. And I think some of it, like I said, is, is very much... Uh, You know, uh, synergistic. And I know a lot of people probably grimace at that term, but offense always helps defense. It's always been that way, and defense has always helped the offense. They're very much intertwined. I think teams that get that and and function as a a full team and not just like an offense and a defense separate from one another are are really the ones that do do the best. And um, you know, Utah is starting to form into that, which is really a great sign for the Utes. Another great sign. Uh, is that you can get 15% off your built bars if you go to builtbar.com or built.com, either one. Uh, you know how much I love built bar. I have a couple boxes at work. I've got my coworkers uh, hooked on it as well. We got the cherry lime. Uh, someone said it tasted like a chocolate covered starburst, and I was like, ooh, I'm not sure I like that. And then lo and behold, I got a box, and I tell you what, I really, really like them uh that is the biggest reason that you need to go get some built bars and as i've talked to people you know it's the the type of flavor that everybody prefers varies there's no doubt about that but at the end of the day everybody goes after one right now there are some great uh limited time flavors available rocky road apple almond crisp uh, strawberry puffs churro puffs those are great Uh, i got some of the banana cream puffs that are hanging out I'm, i'm trying to hold on to those as long as i can the cherry lime is still available and there's obviously the mix box as well with all your favorites, the Cherry barcia Cookies and Cream, Double Chocolate, Raspberry, Salted Caramel, Mint Brownie, Coconut, Coconut and Almond, Peanut Butter Brownie, all those stuff. The best part about it, like I said, you get 15% off with your promo code locked on. Uh, that's our promo code LOCKED15, I should say. Uh, 15% off on BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. Uh, use that. Go get your stuff from Built.com and enjoy yourself some good, happy, healthy Built Bars, Under 200 calories, uh, 17 grams of protein or more depending on the flavor, uh, less than 5 grams of sugar, uh, less than 5 grams of net carbs. It is a beautiful thing uh, to enjoy a built Bar. Reminder, the official sponsor of the U.S. track and field team. Wrapping things up here on Wednesday on the Locked on Utes podcast, just a reminder that... Head coach Craig Smith is going to be joined by Riley Batten and Brandon Carlson at Pac-12 Media Days today. Uh, you'll have everything being broadcast on the Pac-12 network. If you go to utahutes.com, there is a complete Pac-12 Media Day schedule over there. Uh, women's Pac-12 Media Day was was previously, we'll, uh, we'll try and get some uh, feedback, some sound and whatnot from that. I know that Lynn Roberts had a really good interview on that one where she talked about Last year being a different season, difficult season on the court, and this year having a very different feel to it. And I think a lot of that just has to do with how hard COVID was on a lot of these teams and trying to deal with the restrictions. So um, it should be a great year for, for both teams to kind of uh, rediscover their identity. Obviously, Lynn Roberts has been there for a while, uh, Craig Smith in his first year, so something to look forward to there. Some other news and notes as... Uh, Mr. He's here, he's there, he's everywhere Devin Lloyd was named the Lot Impact Trophy Player of the Week Which was announced by Ronnie Lott himself Said congrats at Devin Lloyd You hurt my Trojan heart but I respect it I know Utah Coach Witt and Utah Football are proud Hashtag character counts With eight tackles against the Trojan Utah Football's Devin Lloyd is our latest Lot Impact Trophy Impact player uh, Sorry, Lot Impact Trophy uh, Player of the Week Hashtag character counts and this is now two major recognitions for, for Devin Lloyd on a week that we would consider kind of a down week for him. So just more accolades pouring in for Devin Lloyd. If anybody maybe thought in the offseason that that he was going to be good, you know, go ahead and pat yourselves on the back because you are right. More news and notes. Number 17, Utah Volleyball visits number 18 Stanford Thursday night on ESPNU and then heads to California Sunday afternoon. That's a big matchup for Utah Volleyball as 17 faces 18 at Stanford, Utah 11-4, 4-2 in the Pac-12. Stanford 9-5, 4-2 in the Pac-12 should be a great match. That's probably why it's being broadcast on ESPNU. If I recall correctly, the last time the University of Utah women's volleyball team played on ESPNU, it was a pretty epic victory over the Washington Huskies. So worth tuning into that. I think I'm mispronouncing a lot of stuff right now because it feels like I'm getting sick. So I apologize for that. Uh, And then again on Sunday, 2 p.m. Mountain Time, they will take on California, who is 7-10 overall, but 0-6 in the Pac-12. Just a chance for Danny Drews to become even uh, more embedded as the greatest volleyball player in Utah history. Um, also, a quick schedule update is the University of Utah men's basketball team added a, a free general admission exhibition game against Westminster. On November, November the 4th, you'll get an opportunity to go see all those guys in action. Uh, the new transfers, the new arrivals, my man Lazar Stefanovic or Stefanovich, uh, depending on, on what pronunciation you want to use, Marco Anthony, uh, there's a slew. You know, Lahat June, the return of Booth Gotch, uh Riley Wooster, that, that'll be exciting. There's so many new faces. David Jenkins Jr. will we'll get to watch him. Maybe see some Boston Holt, obviously find out what Brax Jackson Brenchley's role is. And I perhaps more than anybody am excited to see uh what Brandon Carlson's headband will look like during that game. So uh very many lots of things to be excited about for sure. Um as that season starts, uh, you know, I, I doubt that Utah's media rankings and basketball are going to be all that impressive, but it should be a good season. And I think Utah fans are going to find out a lot about Craig Smith, the way his teams play, uh, his post-game interviews, <laughs> and his coaches shows uh, are going to be fascinating to a lot of you. Uh, you're going to really learn a lot about coach Smith and, uh, his volume levels (laughs) as someone who produced his coaches shows when he was the coach at Utah state. um, And uh, you know, some other things, post-game stuff and everything whatnot. Coach Smith is a loud talker. He talks with a lot of passion and energy and he has a very unique voice, but he is, as good-hearted and genuine a person as you'll find. And and I think Utah fans are really going to fall in love with his energy, his care for the players. It's going to be a very stark contrast uh, to Larry Krasowiak in a lot of ways. Um, But, you know, there's also probably going to be some similarities too, uh, I think, in the way the teams play. So looking forward to watching that unfold. Lastly, but also very much importantly, the Utah golf team places third at the Oregon State Invitational. Uh, shooting three over and 8.55 for the entire tournament. All five youths finished inside the top 25 for the first time this season as the team recorded their third straight top three finish. First time since the 2016-2017 season that Utah has recorded three consecutive top three finishes. Uh, Tristan Mander led the Utes shooting four under and claiming third place. Mander shot two under 69 in both the first and third rounds of the tournament to record his highest finish since qualifying for the NCAA Individual Championship. Uh, last year, good to see him uh, round into form a little bit. Uh, local favorite, Blake Tomlinson, shot one over. Uh, started out as a little bit slow, but came on strong around two. Good to see him get back on track a little bit. Um, shot a, uh, a three under 68 um, in the third round, I believe, um, is, is is what I think it was, and then shot a one over to finish things out. Um, Jesper Von Rietz shot four over 217. Um, freshman Martin Martin Leon and sophomore Javier Barcos both finished in a six-person tie for 24th. Both shot five over Barcos, uh, not as not as good as he's played in previous weeks, but that's okay. Um, I think the best part about it is that you're starting to see other guys on the team start to play well to get into uh, get into shape or or get into you know rhythm. I think maybe would be a better word there. But head coach Garrett Clay had the following to say after the tournament. Overall, a solid tournament for us, and it was really good to see all of our players finish inside the top 25. Tristan was outstanding this week, and it was great to see him get that confidence boost with how he hit the ball. Blake's game is getting closer to where he wants it, and that's great to see because when he's firing on all cylinders, that helps our team a lot, and I would agree. I think when Blake Tomlinson is is really playing his best golf That's when that team competes at its highest level. Um, Today we got off to a great start and then had a sloppy stretch. We're playing good golf, but we want to put together a full tournament of quality golf. We're excited to get back to work and hit the road again soon. The team will be back in action on October 26. 21st, to compete in their final tournament of the fall, the U of Pacific Invitational in Stockton, California. And this is a team that really is starting to round into shape. And and the fact that Coach Clegg is expecting them to to play better after three straight top three finishes I think is very positive because it means that they feel like they have the ability to compete and actually win some tournaments. And so hopefully that will come and show up a little bit in the U of Pacific Invitational out there in Stockton, uh, you know, and and we'll wait and see how they do on that, and then I believe you know, come spring, uh, we'll find out more about this squad and what they're able to do. But exciting times for sure for Utah golf. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Utes Podcast. Thank you as always for making us your first listen of every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to make your second listen. Uh, the Locked On Pac-12 podcast where you can get all your daily Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with Pac-12 expert Cindy Robinson. Myself and others join her uh, from week to week to um, break down the Pac-12. I was on the show, I believe, on Monday. Hard to keep everything straight. So you see me wear a lot of hats if you watch it on YouTube. So, yeah, there you have it. Thanks again for tuning in to the Locked On Youths podcast. We will be back again tomorrow with more News, notes, and updates. As always, Jake should be back. We may be joined by somebody else as well. I'll have to wait and see uh, if that will work out. Uh, but in the meantime, keep following us on your favorite podcast network. And thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the show. Thank you for tweeting at us at Locked On Utes, tweeting at me at Brambear SLC. And as always, thank you for listening to the Locked On Utes podcast for October the 13th, 2021. Because we will talk to you again tomorrow.